November 24th, 2016. This is Hyphen Nation, the best podcast in the world, the world's greatest podcast. And I'm your host, Kellen Conley. Happy Thanksgiving. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, we have reached the 24th edition of Hyphen Nation in this awful, awful, awful year of 2016. 11 months ago, I started this podcast journey not knowing where we were going. I did several episodes about the NFL playoffs (laughs) looking back mistakes were made fun was had but I like to think that I kind of know what I'm doing now then I just knew I wanted to podcast now I know that hyphenation is my forum my place to say what needs to be said about certain things. Last week, we talked about Spider-Man. Talked about Dolph Ziggler, who I still love. I love you, Dolph. Talked about the aftermath of the election. This week, we talk about a variety of things. Again. But this week, Some things had to be addressed, and I will address them as only I can on the world's greatest podcast. But how's everybody doing, man? (laughs) How you doing? And you can't teach that. For those of you who frequent my website, behyphen.com, you may have noticed that the site is no longer smooth as brother smooth as brother. It's no longer smooth as butter. It has now transformed into you and you can't teach that. I don't know why. Just felt like it was time for a change. So I went with it. And there you have it. Which reminds me, I need to update my SEL because I know when I get shared on Facebook or Twitter. That probably still says smooth as butter. Note to self. Or to all my listeners out there. Like my best friend. One of my best friends, Anthony. Who corrected me on the last time the Indians won the World Series. 1948. If you hear my voice traveling into your eardrums right now. Send Kellen a text and be like. Update your SEL. 
because I probably won't remember. <laughs> uh, I'm up late. It's midnight Eastern time. 12.32 to be exact. I know I shouldn't timestamp these things, but this isn't music. These episodes are timeless, but this isn't music. <clears throat> Drinking a little E&J. My sister-in-law, Nikki, is in for a few days to see the family for Thanksgiving, and we're going to go a little family getaway this weekend. Made her killer sangria, which is chilling in my refrigerator as we speak. And I'm sipping on a hearty concoction of what's left of my E&J and ginger ale. Needless to say, this episode is sponsored by E&J, Ergen Jerk, Mama's Favorite Drink. I also want to, before we get started, before I start recommending things, talking things, I also want to take a second to shout out a blog that I mentioned before. Marcus Robinson, good friend of mine, the guy who heard me talking about Drake a few episodes ago and took to his personal blog to discuss his feelings on Drake. And then he not only did that, he took it one step further where he took views, Drake's latest album from April, and threw some songs out and restructured it. And let me tell you right now, his version of views is four million times better than the retail version of views. Much better. First recommendation. Chance the Rapper covered a Drake song called Feel No Ways. If I haven't mentioned it before, Chance the Rapper is literally my favorite rapper that's out right now. He did a cover of Feel No Ways on BBC One the other day. And I'm in love with it. I shared it on my page. The Resilient Redundancies of Kellen Conley. Facebook.com slash Resilient Redundancies. And also on my Twitter, at B hyphen, B-H-Y-P-H-E-N. So I'm out there, man, as usual. Did a great cover, Feel No Ways. But going forward, I want to make sure that you guys are reading the M-A-R-C R-O-B, the Mark Rob, dot wordpress.com. Reason being, this is Marcus's blog slash website that he started. Said that he would get away from Tumblrville and kind of stake his own identity. This man has dropped some true knowledge. And one of the best things about it is um, he doesn't sit there and do, like me, when you read my pieces, like, thousand some words long you're like oh my god he's just going on and on and on marcus gets to the point nails it and gets out it's like less than five minute reads for everything and they're all really good 
like just this week, he posted about someone we'll talk about later, Kanye West. And with an article called When Rappers Aren't Heroes Part 2. He uh, gave his review and thoughts on the hit HBO show Insecure. Last week. Damn, it wasn't even last week. (laughs) Two weeks ago. He uh, did a little something about the year Fear 1, 2016, about Trump winning the election. He also did a Remembering Election Day 2008 to when Barack Obama won the presidency. He has some really good stuff on here. So this episode is sponsored by E&J and the Mark Rob, M-A-R-C, rob.wordpress.com. Just as Joe Budden says, are you in that mood yet? I'm going to say, are you subscribed yet? Get on board early. Team Freeway. Ready to start the show? Yes, that's the way to start the show. <laughs> First topic, The Walking Dead. For those of you who have heard me mention Talking Out the Dead, my column that I do with Thomas that reviews the latest Walking Dead episodes and supposed to review them each week as the show comes out. We've never been the best about being on time about that. That's mostly my fault. In fact, that is my fault. We started halfway through season four. And then we did all of season five. The rest of season four, all of season five, and most of season six. There's still three more episodes that we still need to really release of season six. We have not written one word about season seven because the idea was talking out the dead was literally going to be was literally going to become talking out the dead, where we changed it to podcast form. Because Thomas and I have podcast experience with each other since we had a now defunct wrestling podcast called the Slobberknocker Chronicles, which you can find on behyphen.com and on iTunes for episodes of Fire. Oh, that was my Prince. I've been listening to a lot of Prince lately. Um, and then also, he's on Trike Adventures with me, which is my comedy podcast so to speak with anthony and thomas where we collect a bunch of what we call trike topics which is rather just random things we think of off our head or random news stories and then i moderate and we kind of just go back and forth about the different things normally with a guest our last episode came out in hmm june we were definitely in this house so it was either june or july when I released it, it was after the Cavs won the championship. You can find that on behyphen.com as well, on iTunes, or on tricycleoffense.wordpress.com. So we were going to do a podcast, keep it moving, since I have extreme trouble with meeting writing deadlines due to me not being able to take myself to bed at a decent time every night 
and get up at a decent time in your morning. Because if I did that, I'd have the extra time to actually write what I need to do because it's work before. I'm just lazy. <laughs> Real talk. Real talk. But see, what, what, what happened was the cliffhanger of season six, of course, was Negan showed up. Negan is the latest big bad threat to come into our heroes' lives. Before it was the governor. We thought Gareth was a was a contender. Turns out he was a pretender. Him and the um, mm, why can't I think of it? Where the cannibals were at? Um, Terminus. Him and the Terminites, as Thomas and I coined them. We thought maybe. I really had I mean the hospital we thought maybe the hospital would have some kind of story with it, some kind of big bad that it would be a real threat to our heroes. Turns out it wasn't. And yeah, I yawned. I'm sorry. Podcast one oh one at its finest. One day, one day, ladies and gentlemen, I will sit in front of a Studio audience, or just a live audience, a live audience, recording hyphenation for you guys. And I'm going to yawn, or sneeze, or burp, or cough on a microphone. And then I'm going to be like, podcast 101, y'all, and everybody's like, hi, said the catchphrase. So, Neiman. Neiman. <laughs> Oh, Negan. <laughs> so Neiman Marcus shows up. And all hell breaks loose on the next episode of The Walking Dead. Negan Marcus <laughs> shows up. <clears throat> Earlier in the season, Negan's group, the Saviors, have been harassing local establishments near Alexandria. Maggie brokers a deal, a deal saying, we'll go kill these guys and you give us food. That's the deal. So they go to an outpost, kill a bunch of dudes in their sleep and women. and Eventually they all wake up and they all get killed too. No casualties. Only bad thing is Maggie and Carol. Oh, spoilers. <laughs> Sorry. If, you, if, if you're in The Walking Dead... And then you get to this point, and you're like, oh, oh man, you just ruined the show for me. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. Um, Let's see. I've been on this for about five minutes. Give me about another 10 to get out of this. So go ahead and fast forward about 25 minutes in, and I should be done with the Walking Dead talk. This episode's going to have a lot of spoilers in it, too. I got a lot to say. I just found a whole nother topic. Before I even turned on this mic, ladies and gentlemen, that has spoilers. Maggie and Carol got kidnapped. Um, were almost taken prisoner by saviors. But then Rick and Co. saved the day after they saved themselves. 
So, with all that said and done, they thought the Sabres are gone. Wrong. Wrong. Shout out to Dave Chappelle. Wrong. Really, Charlie Murphy. Savior set up in an elaborate trap to essentially cut off the RV, carrying a very sick Maggie and several Alexandrians. All from getting the hilltop where Maggie needs to go. Manpower use at least has to be in the hundreds. So the saviors weren't confined to one little outpost. Therefore, they decide, let's get out of the RV and we're going to try to make a run for it on foot. That doesn't work either. Eugene opted to drive the RV Try to distract saviors. Didn't work. So they get all lined up on their knees. All in a row. Even the captured. Members of the group. Like Glenn. And Daryl. And I forget who else was. Rosita I think. And maybe Sasha. I think Sasha was also in that group. All get lined up in a row. Out steps Negan and his. Best friend Lucille. Lucille is a vampire bat. She's thirsty for blood. Literally a baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire. Barbed wire. So Negan goes into his big colorful speech. And let me say first and foremost that Jeffrey Dean Morgan was born to play Negan. Because I've seen comic book Negan. And in comparison... Jeffrey D. Morgan knocks it out of the box every single time. He's magnetic on the screen. I loved him as comedian and watchman. I really love him as Negan. It's really hard for me to hate Negan right now because he's that played that well and executed that well. <sighs> With that said, Negan goes in his long speech, says that since they did all this stuff to him, into his group, he can't allow it, has set an example, so he's going to bash one of their brains in with Lucille. Can't decide, so he decides to do eeny, meeny, miny, mo, And it lands on, spoilers, Abraham. Smashes Abraham's skull in. Abraham throws a little peace sign to Sasha, which is kind of her thing. It was a sweet moment, which I did not catch the first time through. Smashes skulls in. Abraham's skull in. Everybody's crying. Everybody's upset. I think he says something to Rosita because he realizes Rosita and Abraham, he thought, are involved. Didn't know were, but there was something there. He obviously picked up on that. And then freaking Daryl, Mr. Kill Daryl Grimes, we riot. Hops up and punches Negan in the face with a bullet in his shoulder. Really? 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 So Negan, instead of bashing in Daryl's head or letting his uh, lackey Dwight shoot Daryl in the head with his own crossbow, decides 
that shit can't stand. And he's going to smash in somebody else's head. Except instead of aiding me in my email or even a warning, he just decides to randomly connect with Glenn Skull. Smashes Glenn on the bits. Everybody's a wreck. Everybody's upset. Then Rick gets all wrecked. He's like, I'm going to kill you someday. Blah, 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 blah. So that pisses Negan off, considering he just smashed in two people's skulls directly in front of Rick. People that Rick cared about. So they go on a little side trip, and Rick almost gets killed by walkers. And Rick goes after a machete for Negan, and a point's made. And they throw it, then they come back in the RV, and... And then Rick's still looking at Negan all Rick-like, like, like uh, I'm going to kill you someday. So Negan draws a line on Carl's arm and tells Rick to cut off his hand or he's going to start killing people in uh, Rick's group because they all have guns to their head at this point. And Rick breaks down, starts crying, makes a huge snot bubble, and then proceeds to almost cut off, get ready to cut off Carl's arm. And then Negan's like, stop that's the look i wanted you to have and then they all leave everybody's distraught maggie's pissed off she wants everybody to go back to alexandria and go kill negan obviously rick declines maggie and sasha go to hilltop to give maggie some doctor medical attention some doctor medical attention They take Glenn and Abraham's bodies and then Rick climbs into the RV with the rest of Alexandrians and they go home. This cliffhanger we've been waiting on since April when The Walking Dead went off, when season six ended, because then I'm sure you haven't heard this. But what happened was instead of them showing who got hit with Lucille initially, they did this POV from what we now know as Abraham's view and just showed Abraham getting wailed on through his own eyes as he looks at Negan and then fade to black. Cliffhanger pissed off a lot of people already. A lot of bad will put there because never in the show has there been such a cliffhanger. The biggest cliffhanger before was at the end of season four they were all at Terminus, and they got thrown into a boxcar, and then that was it. So when we came back for season five, we immediately got the aftermath of that to see how how does Rick and the Brick and the gang get out of this jam? Tune in to The Walking Dead next week. That's what we got. It was a violent, violent, violent episode. I felt sick of my stomach watching it. I felt sick of my stomach the second time I watched it. I feel sick even thinking about that episode. I can see the violence in that whole episode so vividly because it was going it was such a tentpole episode in the series and something that I waited for for months. I'm sure a lot of other people have that same thing. Okay, maybe if you don't want to be spoiled, you should go about thirty minutes. <laughs> But then since then, I mean, we saw Morgan and Carol, what they're up to. Saw how Daryl's doing as a captive of Negan. Negan took him prisoner rather than kill him. So he is with the Saviors currently. We saw Negan's first trip to Alexandria. 
and that was a 90 minute exercise and let's just let Jeffrey D. Morgan choose scenery the whole time, which I was okay with. This past Sunday, we got an update on Maggie and Sasha and how they're doing a hilltop and how Alexandrian's actions previously is affecting the hilltop because they nearly got ratted out right after Rick told Negan that both Maggie and Sasha were dead. Well, he told he said Maggie was dead. I don't know if he said Sasha was dead. I don't remember that. But then again, maybe he did. But of course, they're alive and well hilltops. So Rick does have a lie hanging over his head that he told Negan. And we all know how Negan feels about not being respected. Am I right? (laughs) I think I'm done. As a fan of The Walking Dead since season three. I really think I'm done. I have loved these characters. I've hated these characters. I've cried over these characters. I've been joyous with these characters. But now I find myself not giving a shit about these characters. It's It just doesn't make any sense. Because... My big thing is, I don't know where the show goes from here. Because I know some of the comics, I knew it was, spoilers, Glenn, who got killed in the comic books by the bat in episode, in episode, in issue 100 of The Walking Dead. But one thing the show has always done well for me is I've always felt like they've, while they've kind of followed what happens in the books, they've also managed to tell their own version of the events that happen in their own world. And I don't see how much further they can stray from the comic books at this point, especially having fulfilled the prophecy of Glenn dying just like in the comics. Sure, there's plenty of characters around that isn't currently around in the books or wasn't around. I'm sorry, that wasn't around when these uh, stories were initially told. There's plenty of ways they could deviate. Like, for example, spoilers in a comic book, Abraham took the arrow to the eye. Instead, it was given to the niece last season. And we now see why. It was so that they could get rid of two people in the season premiere rather than just being Glenn, who avoided death three times last season. Because it was a dumpster. There was the Walker attack when uh, Alexander is evaded by walkers. 
<clears throat> I feel like there was one other time that Glenn could have died, maybe towards the end of the season. And then not, that's not even counting that what's-his-face tried to kill him at the end of season six. Sorry, end of season five. And then Glenn was like, oh, it's okay, bro. And then it turns out that same guy's the reason Glenn ended up under a dumpster for a couple of days because he decided to shoot himself. But then he's also the reason Glenn lived because somehow Glenn fell off the dumpster first, even though the other guy shot himself first. And then Glenn was underneath him while his guts got ripped out. Friend of the show, Derek Ferguson. He actually uh, made a comment on Facebook about this today, about this very topic, ironically enough. And he said he didn't understand he how much more doom and gloom anyone could take. Because one of the things that this show does is for every ray of light we get, tiny ray of light we get on The Walking Dead, they just snatch it away from us over and over and over. It's already renewed for season eight. Season seven has already been started off gruesome. And then don't get me wrong. I'm still enjoying the episodes. I still enjoy watching the show. It's not that the show has gotten worse since the season started. It's that the show is just. You don't you feel like, you know, the end game is eventually going to be. Everybody dies and Carl lives, I would imagine. Kirkman is just now saying, I believe, that he knows how he wants to end the comic book. Who knows how the show's going to end? And how much longer can we do it? I, They're treating The Walking Dead like it's ER. Like it's Law and Order, SVU. Like they can get up to season 16. And still be kicking. Could they be? Maybe. I'm already seeing that ratings are dropping like stones. When it comes to The Walking Dead. Compared to the lofty numbers they usually enjoy. Which is fine. Which is to be expected, especially after that premiere. It wasn't your typical. I mean, it was just a brutal episode. I'm sure it turned off a lot of fans. So I think. I'm either going to finish out the season. If nothing really happens in these next couple episodes, though, leading up to the mid-season finale. I don't see it at all. I'm probably, I don't even know if I can come back from mid-season break. The fan of me probably will. But the podcaster doesn't want to go back. But I'd like to hear your opinions on The Walking Dead if you're a fan as well. I know a, a couple of my listeners already, and I agree with it too, already hate how Black characters have been killed constantly on the show. But at the same time, I know I kept watching. But I, I just feel like it's all the we've come. 
to the end of the road still i can't let go it's so natural okay i'm kidding but that's how i feel so i think i think we're headed for an amicable split me and the walking dead Well, just that's that's just how I'm feeling. Next topic, thirty-one minutes. So, if you don't want to be spoiled on Walking Dead, scroll ahead to thirty-one minutes. If any of you listen to the show and know your friends are going to listen to the show and they are not caught up on the Walking Dead and will be angry to find out what happened to the skulls of Glenn and Abraham or season five, season four, season three, season spoilers. Tell your friends. Yes, go tell your friends about it. To fast forward to 32 minutes in the show. In Hyphenation 24. Next topic. This is a random one. And I thought of this because. I got a Facebook invite the other day. From my former neighbor. When I lived in Game Bridge, Jimmy Walzer. Jimmy moved in to my mom's old house, which is right down the road from us, right down the driveway, so to speak, with his parents. And it was like 93, I'd imagine. He's a couple years older than me. Maybe, maybe one year older than me. And we rode the bus together to school and stuff. And he would come up to the house sometimes and hang out. And when you spend that much time with somebody, whether it just be walking up the driveway to the school bus or whatever's going on, you I mean, you build a rapport. One of the things that me and Jimmy were able to build a rapport on was, as you may have heard before, I enjoy singing, and Jimmy also enjoyed singing. So we would sing some of the ballads, popular ballads that was out back then. So we were the kings, I swear. We uh, did a couple Mean Boys to Men numbers. We also didn't do, we were really, we uh, also were very good at doing I, I Can Love You Like That. But me and Jimmy, oh, and I think we did So In Love, too. Maybe we were more all of one stands than we were. Yeah, we were all for one stands more than we were boys to men stands. I was boys to men, really good. He and then he got an all for one, and I knew some all for one stuff. So, but I mean, Jimmy was just a, a good kid, you know. I mean, he never did me wrong. He was always up front with me. He was always cool. Never started no dumb shit. He was just a good friend. I wish we were closer back then. But at the same time, I feel like we still were good friends and to this day are good friends. So, before I get into the main story, he actually, it was like, um, let's say it was 2000. I was turning 17 and he had this, I, I don't know where he got this idea, but he's like, hey, I want to, let's do something for your birthday, whatever. 
And previously, we had done something before where we went to go went to go see a James Bond movie. Had a great time um, in Winchester. And like literally, I we did not kick it like that if we weren't at school or on the way to school. He's like, hey, let's hang out, yeah, yeah, yada. Mom said it was cool, so Jimmy brought over American Pie on VHS because my house did not have a DVD player yet. And he bought me for my birthday, Jay-Z, Volume 3, Life and Times of S. Carter, which truly awakened my Jay-Z fandom. Because mind you, I didn't hear Reasonable until 2000, I'd say. I purchased the Dynasty when it came out in... I think I got it like in a couple months after in 2001 when it came out. Purchased a Dynasty album. But I was not that big of a Jay-Z fan when he gave it to me. I enjoyed Jay-Z. I was kind of coming around on Jay-Z. But I was more of a Nas kid. But this album awakened my Jay-Z fan that has... My Jay-Z fandom, which has never been deactivated since. And the funny thing is, he gave me a CD from Walmart. So it was completely edited. I never heard a curse from volume three until sometime later that year when I actually heard the unedited version. But here's the random main part of the story. So I, Jimmy and I were in chorus class together. Because we like to sing. And chorus is my thing. That's how I met Angel was through a jazz singers class, a chorus class. So what we did, or what I did, we were in a chorus class together. And I don't remember what... I don't remember what the um, circumstance was, but somebody was talking shit about Jimmy. And... I don't remember what it was. It's driving me nuts now. But somebody said something about Jimmy and he did this with, and I was like, and it was just rude, man. It was just high school politics. And I didn't like how it came off. Now sitting in chorus class, somebody said this, and I think my, my, even my chorus teacher, she made some kind of comment about, Jimmy. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm in 11th grade this time. And in middle school, I used to get in trouble all the time for just doing dumb stuff and getting caught. But I finally grew out of that phase. And we're in high school. I grew out of it. I mean, I was already 20 minutes away from school, um, from home. So I always tried to not get in trouble in high school. But my course teacher said something. And it just set me off. 
And I was like, that's not, that's not effing true. It's not fucking true about Jimmy. Da, 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 da. That's, don't, I don't want to hear any more about it. Like cussing at the teacher. And it shocked everybody. And my teacher, knowing what kind of student I was, gave me the benefit of the doubt. She was like, Kellen, give you one chance to sit down and let it go. Or you're going to office. And for some reason, I was like, man, fuck that. Blah, 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 blah. I want to talk about Jimmy. Da, 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 da. So I just go off on this random rant out of nowhere. And I get sent to the office. So the principal's surprised to see me. He's all like, oh, what did you do? And I, I told him. He's like, well, you're def- defending Jimmy Walzer. And Jimmy's a bit of a troublemaker back in high school, whatever. Not Nothing serious, though. I mean, that's a, that's a dangerous path to take, Kellen, da-da-da-da-da. I'm going to give you one day ISS. So I had to go home and tell my mom that I got ISS for Jimmy. And that pissed her off. She's like, why are you defending him? You don't, you don't even know if he did or not. But the reason I did is because Jimmy was a good dude and Jimmy was my friend. And I think what really set me off was my teacher making sly remarks about my friend Jimmy. It's one thing a bunch of kids saying something, whatever, that's high school. But when my teacher made some kind of remark, I just did not like it. I was angry. So I spent my only day in ISS because of Jimmy Walzer. And it was worth it. I don't regret it at all. Jimmy lives in Winchester currently. He and his wife, Sabrina, are moving down south. They got some land they're going to build and they're going to start a family. He's throwing a, I don't want to say a goodbye party or going away party. There you go. In Winchester as we speak. It might be over now, but I just want to send a big shout out to Jimmy. Jimmy did a brave thing this past Sunday. He has recently gotten back in touch with God, so to speak. And he decided he was going to make a 12-foot cross and carry it through Winchester, Virginia, the streets of Winchester, Virginia. And he did. He carried his thing on a cold Sunday morning several miles through Winchester for all to see because he said that was the work that he was told he needed to do. Which I think is beautiful. If y'all ain't religious, if y'all don't believe in God and any of my listeners, that's fine. But the fact that this man who probably to this day, if we started singing, I swear would join in with me top of his lungs was willing to do that because he felt the need to and spread the word more power to him. I wish him and Sabrina the best. I wish I could see them off myself, but hopefully I'm going to share these words with him and, uh, he can take them going forward and just know that I don't regret the time I stood up for him in high school. (laughs) Next topic. Indiana Jones is a better character than Han Solo. I'm not going to get into this too much. All opinions set on hyphenation are opinions of Kellen Conley and solely of Kellen Conley. But 
Everybody knows Indiana Jones better than Han Solo. Reason being, they're both kind of scoundrels. I mean, Indy was a grave robber. Han was a space pirate, smuggler, so to speak. Han was wanted for playing both sides of the law. It caught up with him when he got put in carbonite. Indy was respectable in regular society. But then once he put on that hat, that fedora, throw on that brown jacket, he was Indiana Jones. He wasn't Dr. Henry Jones anymore. He was Indiana Jones. He was Indy. This is spurred by um, Heather mentioning to me something about Indiana Jones earlier this week. And I found this gif of Indy smiling. Or maybe it was last week. Absolutely stunning gif of young Harrison Ford, probably from Raiders, smiling, looking rugged, rugged and raw, rough, rugged, rugged and raw, rugged and raw. Rugged and raw for you and yours. You and yours got the C to the rugged and Okay, sorry. A little common interlude for you. But me personally, as great of a character as Han was, Star Wars is not Han's story. Force Awakens has become a Force Awakens has become Han's story. And Leia's story more. But the original Star Wars was always about Luke and Darth Vader and little Leia. And then Luke and Leia were just a smaller part of the big picture. Indiana Jones, my man Indy's front and center all four films. Even when they thought Shia LaBeouf was going to be the next Indiana Jones. Cyborg, anybody hear that freestyle Shia LaBeouf spit? I thought it was dope. He killed five fingers of death. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Google Shia LaBeouf, Sway's Universe, five fingers of death. He got on there and freestyled. Apparently has tattoos of rappers on his kneecaps, but he got on there and killed it. K-I-L-T, killed But Indiana Jones is just the more fun character, man. I mean, Indy was, I mean, Han was a supporting cast member, and that might have a lot to do with it. But I absolutely love Indy so much. I love Raiders. I love Temple to Temple of Doom, Last Crusade. I am a Kingdom of the Crystal Skull fan. I'm not an apologizer. I don't apologize for anything that happened in that movie. If you think it was over the top or unrealistic, fuck you. <laughs> Sorry to my younger listeners if you're out there. It's a very musical show. Which which ties into my, my later topic that I'm coming up on. But seriously, if you have an opinion about the Walking Dead. Or if you have an opinion about 
Indiana Jones. Get at me. B-H-Y-P-H-E-N. At B-Hyphen on Twitter. And also, B-Hyphen at gmail.com. Get at me, and we'll speak some words about it. Because it needs to be done. But yeah, B-Hyphen at gmail.com or at B-Hyphen or facebook.com slash resilient redundancies if you wish to tell me your opinions your opinions on Indy versus Han or The Walking Dead or any other topics that you've heard on a previous show or on this one next topic Indiana Jones for life Kanye West did a show shortly probably less than a week ago now where he said he didn't vote. But if he did, he would have voted for Trump. Instantly, that's bullshit, Kanye. Bullshit. For someone who, what was it, two years ago at the VMAs, I'm going to run for president in 2020. Somebody who has went great lengths to talk about all these things that he's been held back from and all these struggles that he's had coming up through the game and progressing through the game and in life. You mean to tell me that you have the nerve, Kanye, the nerve, Kanye, to say I would have voted for Trump? You scoundrel. For lack of me just going all out and cursing your ass out. Are you that stupid and that blind to what his agendas are? Are you willing to ignore that he wants, I'm not going to list them, that he wants to prosecute people and keep people out of the country and he wants to invite former enemies of, our, of the country willingly in the trade with us. That he's a bigot and a racist. Things that you hate, supposedly, Kanye. To say it about Kim, they say about you being married to, in the Kardashian family, they say it about Hove, they say it about Bay, they say it about Cuddy, they say it about Drizzy, this is about you being stupid. I've always hated your rants. I've hated them from the day you started. I've hated when you got on Twitter and started ranting, even when it was cool in 2011 when you had a Twitter. I mean, when you first got on Twitter and every tweet you sent out was rain falling into a drought desert, droughted desert. I supported you. But I hated your rants. I thought they were stupid and pointless. I didn't like it when you wrote them on, on your old blog. In all caps. Stupid. And pointless. Just an avenue for you to run your mouth about something that you know nothing about. My dad always said, if you don't know what you're talking about, keep your mouth shut. To this day, I live by these words. Obviously, Donda and your father never told you about these things, Kanye. 
They're all like, oh, Kanye, you can be whatever you want to be. Speak your mind, Kanye. Granted, it gave us one of the greatest musicians, rappers, artists of my time. On the other hand, it gave us one of the most stupid, arrogant, stuck-up son-of-a-bitches I've ever seen in my life. I think I mentioned this before, but I felt like the Taylor Swift line on Famous was too much. Yeah, 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 black Twitter, that shit's kind of funny. It was kind of funny. Because you know what? You might, because you up Taylor's profile when you did that. But at the same time, Taylor was already well on her way to crossing over. She was on her way to the 1989 train, whether you stood up that night or not at the VMAs. and embarrassed her. Like the common son of a bitch you are. I listened to Life of Pablo. It was cool. But the Life of Pablo didn't deserve to go through 15 variations. It didn't need to have all these tweaks you made afterwards. Because it's a living album. Nobody hears that Jay's not calling. Jay's not calling because you're crazy. Pay's not calling because you're crazy. You feel all alone in this world, Kanye, because you're, you alienate everybody from your life constantly. Constantly and consistently. And you want to tell me, Kanye West, that you would have voted for Donald Trump if you could have found it in your time, in your busy day to go vote? Really, Kanye? Really? Who are you, Kanye West? To get on that stage and then say such things this as mentioned on a previously mentioned the mark rob dot wordpress dot com Mark has also spoke out about your little views and how he's lost interest in you, and he no longer wants to support Kanye West music. Or Kanye West as a whole. Because the same guy that stood up there with Mike Myers and said George Bush didn't care about black people is dead. He's dead. And far be it for me to say it, but he died with his mother. Unfortunately. And that's coming from somebody who's lost two mothers in the past year. Kanye. So Life of Pablo, yeah, it was cool, it was cool. Towards the end of it, you kind of were rapping. Glorified compilation album. Really? I'm saying it here first. I am done with Kanye West. Will I go so far to empty out my iPod? No, because that only takes work. 
but I don't care about any verses, any videos, any comments, nothing. I nothing, Kanye. I'm done. This was finally the straw. Done. Fuck you, Kanye, first and foremost. Hove. You are Donald Trump, essentially. So I could see how you can look in the mirror and see the white side of you and be like, I want to vote for that guy because you're the exact same asshole who's our president-elect. Kanye. And then, and then, not only did you do that, Kanye, you then did a show in Sacramento, did three shows, and then decided to bring out Kid Cudi, who just got out of rehab recently. The same Kid Cudi who has struggled with mental health issues for years, has been widely known that he has issues. He's never hidden that. Unlike yourself, who's in constant denial about being about your normalcy and being perfect. You brought Cuddy out mere months after you dissed him on stage. Then turned around and said, sing for Cuddy because he's in rehab, y'all. You brought him out. And then you cut your show. Not just short. You ended it. Preemptively. Three songs in. People pay good money for those tickets to come see you, Kanye. And yet, you left. Then you cancel the rest of your tour. And you're currently under psychiatric evaluation in Los Angeles for a psychotic episode. Because you were dehydrated and uh, you weren't sleeping? Tell me, Kanye. Does Saint not sleep that well? Does he keep you up at night? Or do you even care because you have so much money and the nannies take care of him? Is Nori crawling into bed with you at night, Kanye, and kicking you in your ribs while you're trying to sleep? Are you that kind of dad, Kanye? Maybe you are. And I would like to think that is one redeeming quality that you may still have is that you're a dedicated parent. And that your sleep deprivation and your dehydration comes from trying to do too much, especially when it comes to your kids. But I have a shocking, shocking feeling that has nothing to do with it. I nothing you, Kanye West. Nothing. For someone who has told us for years to go with your heart, speak your mind, don't let yourself be held down. The fact that you support a man who wants to take away, who has spoken about taking away those very rights and Because you become so disrespectful towards your fans. 
There's no reason for me to care anymore, Kanye. So I'm done. Next topic. Speaking of musicals and Donald Trump, Vice President Prince went to go see a show at Broadway last week. He went to go see Hamilton. He asked, he put in a request for tickets earlier in the week and they granted it. Despite the fact that Hamilton is made up of a diverse cast of people that Trump and Pence have both said they have issues with. When Pence was there, he was booed by the crowd because the people that went to go see Hamilton that night was very anti-Trump, anti-Prince. Pence, he was booed. The cast of the show, show went off without a hitch. Another great show in the books for Hamilton. And then a man stepped forward towards the end of the show as Pence left his seat to leave the building. He said he had a message for Pence, and it wasn't one of hate or anger. He asked Vice President-elect Pence to stay so that he could tell him that many people in the cast, a diverse cast of people that that the cast is made up of, a diverse cast of people that make up the cast of all sexualities and races and ethnic backgrounds. He said that he and his castmates were fearful of the new administration. Because of some of the things they want to do to people of their kind. People that aren't on that stage right now. People like you and me. He said that they hope that he that the show inspired Mike Pence to take away something and take it back to his administration and find a way not to just work for his supporters, not just the base that elected Trump and Pence, but to work for all people is what he asked. Very politely, very kindly. It went viral, of course. He asked that there be phones on this. And I believe Pence stopped to listen, and then he left. Of course, leave it to your boy. Yeah, boy. Donald Trump. Big Don's are like, Vice Mike Prince is a good man, and he went to the theater the other night, and he was harassed. Not very nice. That's very rude. Should not happen. So, of course, all the Trumpians get their pitchforks and torches. Because Donald, because the Donald said the word. Mount up. And Donald comes out with this. He says more stuff about Broadway should be a safe place and be able to go see a show without being harassed. Apologize. No apology is forthcoming, nor should there be. That's not good enough for the Trumpians. No, son. No, sirree. Hashtag boycott Hamilton. Twitters and Facebooks alike lighten up. Don't you support that racist, that that bigoted show that talked to our great vice president-elect this way? Make America white, I mean, make America great again. 
this can't stand. Boycott Hamilton. Then you got people that think like me. If you don't want your Hamilton tickets, I take them. <laughs> this was just one thing in eventful week with Trump. The whole New York Times situation. And him still appointing cabinet members. I saw he just tweeted about making Ben Carson head of urban development. I'm watching Designated Survivor right now. I mean, does that mean Ben Carson wins the presidency if the Capitol gets bombed during the inauguration? Will he be the one they leave behind? Oh, it makes my head hurt. Too long didn't listen. Too long didn't read. If you're mad at Hamilton and you got some tickets, send them to me. Email me. Tweet me. I'll tell you my address. You can send them. And I will gladly go see Hamilton because Angel's dying to go see it. Please and thank you. People, wake up. Like Lawrence Fishburne said at school days, man. Uh, I want the happier news. Survivor Series was this past Sunday. And the main event was Brock Lesnar and Goldberg. Now, for those the uninitiated, who's not really keeping up or whatever, Brock Lesnar used to wrestle for WWE in the early 2000s. Got fit up. Tried to go to NFL. Didn't make it. Wrestled independently a little bit. And then he got signed with UFC. Had a few fights. Lost a few. Then he started winning. Eventually he claimed the heavyweight championship belt of the UFC. He eventually did lose it. But then he also discovered he had diverticulitis. Something that my friend E and friend of the show, Eric Jordan, he suffered from as well. Suffers from. I don't think it ever ends. But he had to have a surgery to correct it. So Brock was out for months. And he came back. I think Brock lost his fight, his comeback fight. And then Brock's like, I'm done. So I go to Miami in 2012 for WrestleMania 28. And all weekend, people were saying, Brock's here. Brock's here. Brock and Batista are here. Brock and Batista are here. So me and Moose and Anthony and Thomas were just waiting for Brock or Moose to show up. Brock or Moose. Brock or Batista to show up. Nobody shows up at WrestleMania. So I'm home next day. Home the next day yawning like that. <laughs> and in the Raw, who do you see? Brock Lesnar. Back. WWE first time in eight years. Cena's in the ring. Cena gets that fight of his father's first feuds with Cena. Let me give you a quick rundown. He loses he loses Cena Extreme Rules match. Next feud is with Triple H. He breaks Triple H's arm at SummerSlam. Well, he broke Triple H's arm on Raw. They had their first match at SummerSlam and he won that. Had their rematch at WrestleMania twenty nine and Triple H won. Had another match at Extreme Rules in 2013, and Brock won that. From there, he feuded with Punk at SummerSlam. He won that, and then he started 
slowly working his way into the title picture from SummerSlam 2013. Um, his feud at the Royal Rumble was a big show in 2014. That was a joke. Um, he wrestled The Undertaker at WrestleMania 30 and beat him. He didn't wrestle again until he challenged John Cena for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. He won after 16 suplexes, completely squashed John Cena. He defended the belt against Cena, Seth Rollins. Um, I think that was all he defended it, leading up to WrestleMania 31 versus Roman Reigns. Before WrestleMania 31, he announced he was retired from mixed martial arts. He does the job of WrestleMania, but not to the reins, to Seth Rollins. Because Seth Rollins cashed in my bank briefcase, which gave him a free title shot whenever he wanted it. He made the match triple threat. Brock was down, he curb stomped, reins, won the belt. So from there, he was gone for a while. He did have a match with Seth at some point. He lost that. Um, I mean, he won that through disqualification. He had some kind of match with, um, I want to say, Reigns and Rollins as well. It's getting blurry. But after his title run, Brock really became an attraction, so to speak. A real big draw. When Brock showed up, people tuned in or came out. He beat a whole bunch of people in the roster. He had a few with Undertaker again. He lost Undertaker at SummerSlam. Beat um, but he didn't lose cleanly because all his losses were in uh, matches with stipulations. They weren't regular matches. He beat Undertaker to get that win back at Hell in a Cell. He wrestled Dean Ambrose at WrestleMania in a terrible match. That was just kind of like, let's give Dean and Brock something to do. Wrestled Randy Orton. Busted Randy's head open. Called the match at SummerSlam. 2K Sports, who does WWE 2K17. Got in touch with Goldberg to have him in the game. And then after months of speculation, Goldberg came back. And Goldberg came back to challenge Brock. This is a big feud of Survivor Series. It's Brock versus Goldberg. I say to Thomas and Anthony right before it starts, it would be awesome if he just came out and squ- one, that he just came out and squashed him in like three moves. Of course, I'm talking about Brock because by that time we had just watched, and I know there was a long. Survivor Series men's match was an hour long. I, would, I had to watch it after because I was upstairs watching Walking Dead, which is, I don't regret it. <laughs> I did watch the men's Survivor Series team uh, tag, but men's Survivor Series match after I watched the end of the main event. But I said it'd be cool if Brock just came out and smashed him and be over. It'd be, it would be different because, I mean, if you're going to have Brock win quickly, and not really have a match. Why not have Brock just outright dominate him? Brock comes out. Goldberg comes out. Classic entrance with the smoke and the security guards and the music. Brought me back to my WCW days. Night to 98. And uh, Brock gets in the ring. 
I mean, uh, Goldberg is in the ring. Bell rings. Brock picks up Goldberg, carries him to the corner. Goldberg, Goldberg shoves Brock down. Brock laughs. Brock goes to stand up. Spear. Down goes Brock. Goldberg's ready. Brock gets up again. Spear. Brock's still down. He's dazed. He's trying to figure out what's going on. Heyman is pleading with Goldberg. Brock gets up. Goldberg ties him up. And next thing you know, jackhammer. No way. One, two, three. Goldberg squashed Brock Lesnar. And it was awesome. For Brock's first clean loss in the WWE since he came back four years ago, that was the exact way that you dominate Brock Lesnar. That you take Brock Lesnar down a couple pegs. Apparently Brock pushed for this. Because like I said, Brock was killing everybody. Hell, Brock even went to UFC this summer and killed that guy. Even if he did test positive for banned substances. Well, he didn't kill him, but he beat him in three rounds. He thoroughly nominated him in the, in the whole fight. WWE has set the table for a rematch for Goldberg and Brock. We know that Brock and Goldberg will both be at the Royal Rumble in the match. The Royal Rumble match. And something that could have been uh, just a little feud to get Goldberg back out there and sell some Survivor, Survivor Series tickets has now become a feud with weight. And I personally cannot wait to see these two tangle it up again in the Royal Rumble and eventually WrestleMania 33, I'm sure. Kudos to you, WWE. Kudos to you, Brock, for doing the sell, for uh, selling, doing the job. Kudos to you, Goldberg. I had heard it was because Goldberg had hurt himself earlier in the week and they were trying to protect him from being in a prolonged match with Brock. But now I've heard that Brock just was really adamant about Goldberg just going over him and crushing him to build an actual story. Which brings me back to my point I always like to make about Brock, which I did not believe when Brock first came back. As much as Brock is in it for the money with WWE, he also does truly love wrestling and professional wrestling and understands it and respects it. Something he's not given enough credit for. Whew. Just saying. Smack my spit stopper. <laughs> spit stopper. Pop stopper. Mm. Smack my spit stopper today, girl. It wasn't cool. We're going to wrap this up with one last topic, and I'm going to kind of. I kind of brushed up on it because I'm not up on my comic book stuff. If you are reading. Is it the end of X or whatever series that um, they're doing about um, the X-Men right now? If you are a fan of that series right now, this is really a true spoiler warning. Um, I'm, I'm looking up something. I'm sorry. If you're if you read the series, I'm going to look up the name so that I'm not a jackass and I tell you the wrong thing and then. You listen to this, and you're like, oh, he's talking about this. Why would he do that? Um, 
Yeah, where's that? Oh, Death of X. There's a series called Death of X. It's supposed to reconcile the events of the Secret Wars many uh, event that happened last year with Marvel and kind of say what's happened Cyclops since the end of that story. Apparently, they've painted Cyclops as this bad guy since the Civil War story ended and that he's done all these things. And essentially what has happened is, for those of you really not know, Cyclops isn't your Saturday morning leader of the X-Men anymore. Probably in the past 10 or so years, he has um, kind of gone for a circle. He's become more militant as a leader. And from there, he eventually ended up getting a piece of the Phoenix Force. And while he had Phoenix Force uh, um, in possession of it, he killed Mr. Mr. Xavier. He killed Charles Xavier. And then then he was an outlaw. And then from there, I don't know how he got out or because he was a prisoner at one point after that. But somehow he was still out. He he wasn't. I, I don't know enough to know what he was doing. But somehow between the time he killed Professor X up until now, he's been painted as villain and how he is against humanity. Because essentially they're trying to make him a new Magneto of sorts. And please correct me if I'm, I'm inferring this wrong because I'm not up on my comic books. This is just what I've seen because... Over the past few years, especially after um guy who wrote um Josh Whedon, after Josh Whedon wrote the first twelve issues of Astonishing X X Men, however long that run was. Um I became a real big fan of Cyclops and I already was becoming a big fan for Morrison's run. But when I was younger I used to hate Cyclops. I was a Wolverine Gambit guy. But then as I got older I really got into being a Cyclops guy. But essentially, he's been painting him as a villain in Marvel, and he's done this horrible thing, and yada, yada, yada. Here is the Cliff Notes version of what I understand happened here. So, at some point, the Terrigen Mist, which are something that the Inhumans who live on a moon control, they started invading Earth and killing mutants. Not all mutants, but certain mutants were getting sick and dying from it. Well, Cyclops came in contact with it, started choking, passed out. But then he, he got up and he was all right. And the story goes on and Cyclops made very rash and militant decisions through the rest of the series because it was like a four-issue series. Um, and it was doing like not things that kind of weren't like Cyclops but still were kind of in line with this villain that Cyclops has been painted as and all of that. And then... Gets it in, and Cyclops' brother Alex, who is Havoc, is like, Emma, what's going on? Tell me what's really going on, Cyclops. Da, 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 da. Because turns out Cyclops ends up dying at the end of the series because he pretty much takes a suicide mission and takes on Black Bolt, Black Bolt head on, who's trying to tell Cyclops, well, Medusa was really saying it, that he can't stop the mist. And yeah. It's convoluted. Long and short of it is, Cyclops dies um, because of Black Bolt at, in issue number four. So, Alex wants to know what's going on. Why was Cyclops acting that way? What what was happening? Emma, almost said Emma Stone. Emma Frost 
who is Cyclops's on again, off again girlfriend since Phoenix blessed their union when she died years ago now, like 2004, was there when Cyclops was exposed to the mist and he started coughing. Here's the thing. Cyclops died a few minutes after he he was coughing. He just died. But rather than let his dream of whatever he was fighting for at this point die with him, Emma used her powers to essentially make a construct of Cyclops. And that's who was running the show the last bit of the series was it was her doing her own version of Cyclops. So she essentially killed Cyclops again for the greater cause of their mission. One, my head hurts really bad right now. Could have to do with the fact that it's so late at night and I'm podcasting. It could have to do with the fact that this story is so convoluted that as many times as I've read stuff before I started this podcast, I still don't understand what happened. I miss the days where you could literally read a summary and understand what's going on. I feel like I got to read 17 more books to really get it, and I hate that. Another reason why I don't collect floppies like I used to. I really hate what they did Cyclops. I did like the whole, I killed Professor X and I'm kind of a bad guy, but kind of not. I'm trying to carry out my own version of this dream kind of Cyclops. I did like that. I've been knowing for a few years, but I never really read it. I just knew what was going on. It's comic books. No, no death is permanent. Nanya is permanent. Wolverine will be back eventually. Cyclops will be back eventually. Everything that's old is new again. And that's what happens all the time in comic books. But for now, they killed Cyclops. And it's kind of sad. Because I really like Cyclops. Here's your homework. Go read some dope Cyclops stories. Don't don't take his portrayal on the X-Men animated series as the way he always is. Cyclops is in some dope stories, even going back to um, the X-Men reboot in the 70s when they did all new, all different X-Men. And he um, they restarted the X-Men with a new team and everything. That's when Wolverine, Nightcrawler, and all of them came in and joined the old, the old gang that was still hanging out. Don't become a statistic. Believe in Cyclops. Did <laughs> I'm dirty. Man, my, re- my head really hurts after that. Recommendations that I haven't said already. Here we go. Meet the Robinsons, a Disney film. Go figure. Meet the Robinsons, um, it's it's a cute film. I hate to call it cute, but it, I mean, it's funny, it has some good funny moments, it has time travel, which I'm a big fan of, Back to the Future's greatest movies, in my opinion, um, all three of them, so it has time travel, it's kids' movies, you can throw it on with the kids, 
You can just throw it on anytime and just let your, I don't know, shut off your brain, watch a funny movie, funny cartoon movie, and yeah, it's good. It's good. Tugs at the heartstrings. It's really good. That was a recommendation by Heather a few years back, and I just rewatched it again the other day. Great movie. I feel like I mentioned this one before, but you really should check out all three Hangovers. Um, the first one, of course, is a classic. The second one gets shit on because it's a copy of the first one, but it is good in its own way and has its own merits. So I feel like that needs to be acknowledged. And the third one actually swerves away from the traditional format of a Hangover movie and is still a nice way to wrap up everything. So definitely check out the Hangover trilogy. Do that, do that for me. Went back and revisited Jake Cole's second album, Born Center, today. Most people, when it comes to Cole, they're like, Friday Night Lights, The Warm Up, Forest Hills Drive, 2014 Forest Hills Drive. All great pieces of music. But his second album, Born Center, which he moved up to compete with Yeezus today, came out in 2013. It is really good. I love the album. It's good from start to finish. I think. Is it a classic? No. It's a little bit darker compared to Sideline Story or 2014 Forest Hills Drive. Yes. But I feel like it doesn't get enough credit for as a body of work as a whole. It is a really good album. If you're looking for something to throw one. That you don't got, again, don't have to think too much about from an artist that you probably already enjoy. And you haven't, or even if you have heard this album before, go back and listen to it again. Give Born Spinner some more spins. Did I say Born Spinner? Born Center some more spins. It's a dope-ass album. The Batman soundtrack. I'm continuing my trek through Prince's discography. Got to the Batman soundtrack. I had read some things that it was really good. Read some things that was really bad. It's really good. Only nine songs. And it's not, I mean, obviously you have your references to the Batman film, the 1989 film, because it was the soundtrack of the film. One, I don't know how Warner Brothers is cool with this being the soundtrack for what supposedly was a, I mean, I think Batman was a PG, PG-13 film. And it have Prince making a semi-R-rated Prince album still. I mean, he had Kim Basinger moaning on Scandalous. Like, seriously. <laughs> I wonder how many parents, not being up on their Prince like that, knowing what kind of stuff Prince did outside of his radio music, how many kids went to the store, got their kid the Batman soundtrack, and then was shocked to hear their kid playing Scandalous or some of the lyrics that come out of Prince's mouth on that album? Listen to Batman. It's a good album. It's a damn shame that uh, it was one of the albums that was part of his whole issues with Warner Brothers because it was, of it being licensed Batman material, technically. It limited Prince even more than usual. And so a lot of that music 
he really didn't perform or even promote that much after it came out. Some dope songs on there. I can't say dope enough. It's good music, y'all. Check out Prince's Batman soundtrack. Last but not least, I mentioned this already. Chance the Rapper did a cover of Drake's Feel No Ways on BBC One. Excellent, excellent stuff. Catch that on YouTube. If you're not up on Chance the Rapper, go get coloring book right now that is his latest mixtape that just came out it is free it is available on streaming platforms but it is free ladies and gentlemen go find it for free it's really really good can't say enough about coloring book also check out acid rap and see his mixtape from you for years ago that's another good ass album i have not gotten the 10 day yet i feel like i've said this recently but Go listen to Chance the Rapper. He's my favorite rapper right now. Go Chance. Shout outs. I already did this once, but shout out to Anthony Sellers for the tidbit about the Indians. Marcus Robinson. Michael Lamarique. Eric Greenlee. Eric Jordan Jr. All my listeners out there. I appreciate it. So let's get into these final words I got for y'all. You can find Hyphenation on BeHyphen.com. On iTunes, please rate, review, subscribe, and share. The more you spread the message, the more people start listening, the more attention the show gets. But that's not what we're here for. We are here to have a good time each and every time we sit down and do Hyphenation because we are the greatest podcast in the world. This is the greatest podcast in the world. Please don't accept any imitations and please don't listen to Eric and Kevin's Thanksgiving special. If you're listening, if you know who Eric and Kevin are and you're in Morgantown, don't listen to that garbage. Listen to me. Listen to the truth. They're washed. This is what's up. Greatest podcast in the world. Also, VAQ's morning show still sucks, but I'll take it over Kevin Connolly any day. So iTunes, you can find Hyphen Nation on, on, on Stitcher. Just search Hyphen Nation on the website or on the app. You'll find it on there as well. If you go to behyphen.com, scroll all the way to the bottom to the podcast section, you'll see a feed burner link. You can use that to put the show on your favorite podcast listening device and get all the episodes. Hyphenations available on Google Play on the TuneIn app. So you can listen on to it there. Pocket Cast as well. Try and get on podcast.com. I need to email them and see why it says it's on there, but I can't find it. Lots of fun things happening. I think that is it. Oh, yeah, YouTube. YouTube.com slash be hyphen. If you want to get in touch with me, at be hyphen on Twitter, Facebook.com slash resilient redundancies. Email is be hyphen at gmail.com. As always, B H Y P H E N. I think I covered all my bases when it comes to where you can find the show. Or just go on Google, type in hyphenation podcast. I've been checking out myself. Plenty of ways to listen to the show right there as well. 
Slowly but surely, ladies and gentlemen. But I want to wish wish all my listeners a happy, happy, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Be safe. Eat well. Hug long. Laugh long. Be thankful. Be thankful every day, though, y'all. Just saying. Watch some football. If you're a Mountaineers fan, watch the Mountaineers. I'm a Mountaineers fan, but that Oklahoma loss killed me right now, so I'm bitter. Bitter, bitter. Go Blue. I hate Ohio State. And I think that's it. I don't got anything else. What y'all still standing here for? Go forth. Eat turkey. Be merry. Get your drink on. Get your drink on. Get your drink on. I've been up way too long, guys. <laughs> Until next time, I appreciate it. Appreciate each and every one of you. I'll take myself to bed. 25 coming sooner and later. Thanks, y'all.